0: Amazing Grace Kona Welcome you to today's lesson from Pastor Izzy Manzo. Our prayer is that today's lesson will spiritually feed and uplift you. Now, here's Pastor Izzy. Well guys, this is a beautiful psalm that we're going to be looking at tonight. I, I say beautiful because I don't know about you guys, but have any of you ever had someone who had it out for you? It's like they made you their enemy and you don't even know why or what you did, but for some some reason they just try to find fault with you they pick at you they say mean things about you david he went through this a lot he had guys hate him he had guys attacking him he had guys slandering him david it says though he wasn't a perfect king or a perfect man for that matter the bible tells us he was a man after god's own his own heart and david's character was very interesting though he had weaknesses in the flesh and he wasn't perfect, he was quick, the Bible says, to repent. Well, I wouldn't say really quick because there was that whole Bathsheba thing and he kind of drugged that out for a little bit. But when the prophet finally went, and you are the guy, David, that did that bad thing, taking that, when the prophet gave him the little supposed story about the man that had all this wealth with all these sheep and he had a had his neighbor had only one sheep that he really... It was the family sheep that lived with them. It slept in the house with them. It was the pet. And the man, it says, that was wealthy had a visitor. And being unwilling to slaughter one of his own sheep, he went and took from the man who had just the one and butchered it and gave it to his guest. And David got angry. And he told the prophet, you know, the prophet said, what should we do about this? And David's like, that man deserves to die. And he's going to have to pay back fourfold for that sheep for doing that. And what did the prophet say? Look right at him and say, you're the man, David. You're the guy who's done that. You could have, he was the king. He could have had any of the gals in Israel and he went and took another man's wife. And I like that the Bible tells the good and the bad and the the ugly. It tells the whole story about people. I say, that's what makes it real. And David knew some things that, well, to me, this is a great comfort, this Psalm. And I'll show you why. Let's look at Psalm 35, verse one. Contend, O Lord, he says, with those who contend with me. Now he says fight against those that fight against me. Oh David, he said take hold of the buckler and the shield. He said and rise up for my help. Draw also the spear and the battle-ax to meet those who pursue me and say to my soul I am your salvation. God, what's he crying out? God, come to my rescue, fight my battle. Now this is interesting. He he has enemies. There's no doubt about it. You read the book of Kings, you know David had enemies. He had enemies that were enemies against Israel. The the guys, the Philistines and all the, the lords, the Amorites, the Ammonites, those guys were all against Israel. But he also had enemies from within his own palace, within his own reign. Some people say, oh, I wish I would have been born into the king's family. I could have been a, a kid of a king. I'm thinking... You didn't read the book real clearly. Being a kid of a king back then was dangerous. I mean, if there was a shift in who took over the kingdom, what did they do? First of all, they killed the king that they, when, when they take over his kingdom. But what would they do to all his offspring? Just put yourself, if you haven't been to the Middle East, let me tell you, the, the whole mindset of eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, you kill my kid, I kill your kid. If you was to kill the king... And leave his offspring alive. What are the offspring going to be doing? As, it doesn't matter if they're young. For the rest of their life, they're going to be plotting your demise. You killed my dad. And we're going to get you. And, and there's this just ingrained in him, this vengeance. Now, this is what I find remarkable about this song, Is that David has these enemies. And he's praying for who to fight the battle for. He doesn't say, God let me destroy my enemy. Let me grab my shield and my buckler and take him out. Let me stomp my foot down on their neck and let me have the victory. And no, he does something different. I think this is one of the Psalms where David had come to learn something that we really got to learn when it comes to dealing with people, especially ones that are the ones causing us trouble in the in-close circle, the ones that are Maybe your your co-workers that are driving you crazy. David says, Lord, you contend with those that contend with me. What's that? You fight the fight for me. Those Those that are picking a fight with me, Lord, you go take care of bringing the fight to them. But he's asking God to be the one to fight the battle. He didn't say, God, let me beat them up. Let me take them out. I'd be like, Lord... Just put them just right at the right spot and, you know, maybe give me some alone time with them and I'll just ninja them and that'll be the end of it. We have fixed this. David did not pray that. I want to point this out. David does pray that God would take care of his enemy. But he says, you do it, Lord. And do it so that I can say to my soul, verse three, look at the last line. And you say to my soul, I am your salvation. God, would you just say, would you fight for me and say to me, I'm your salvation. I'm the one that's going to save you. Just tell me that, Lord. You ever felt like that would be a really nice thing to hear from the Lord? David? is like, you just fight for me, Lord, and just tell me that you got it and you're going to save me. You are my salvation. That's his prayer. And he says, and let those be ashamed and dishonored. That seek my life. Let those be turned back and humiliated who devise evil against me. Let them be like chaff before the wind, with an angel of the Lord driving them on. The chaff is the hull of the wheat. When you rub the outside of a hull of wheat, and there's a little papery coating on the outside of a a wheat seed, and you rub it, and it breaks away. By the way, don't eat the chaff like a kernel of a hull. It's so light and Flaky thing. Oh, causing trouble. But it's worse than a popcorn hole. They get stuck in your throat. They're real light and they kind of, yeah, they stick. You, now he says, let those guys that dishonor me, and um, those that seek me, be dishonored by you. Let them be ashamed. Let them be humiliated and turned back. The ones that devise evil against me. He's saying, God, you take care of fighting this. Let them be like the chaff before the wind. Let them blow away. And I like the last little part, with an angel of the Lord driving them on. You can blow them away like chap, but then take an angel and just keep them moving. Push him, just drive them out of here. He wanted them gone, didn't he? Not, not just, just blow them over to the next hill, drive them away. Some say, that's not very spiritual, David. You're praying your enemies be driven away. But you know, sometimes without those enemies being removed, there's no peace. There's no peace in your own camp. There's no peace in your own house. And there are sometimes when some of those people that are around you, they're, they're causing the most strife are those ones that have worked into your inner circle. And now they're like a festering sore. And David, David says, Lord, you take care of this. Let me show you. He says, now he goes on and keeps praying. And this is what makes me know that David really knew the pain of somebody really devising evil against him. Because he says this, he says, let their way, verse six, be dark and slippery with an angel of the Lord pursuing them. Oh, first he says, let the let them be like chaff and an angel of the Lord drive them on. Now he says, let their way be dark and slippery with an angel of the Lord pursuing them. For without cause, he says, they hid their net from me. Without cause, they, they dug a pit for my soul. They were, they were laying a trap. Let destruction come upon him unawares let the net which he hid catch himself in other words let him fall into his own bad trap we, we went over how Haman wound up being hung on his own gallows here David is praying what I call the old Lord let let him have the Mordecai deliverance he goes on he says he says and, and in that that very destruction let him fall he says and my soul will rejoice in the Lord you make them get caught in their own trap, Lord, and I'll rejoice in you. And my soul will exult. That means exceedingly leap. Like jump for joy. What well, we read about David actually taking off his kingly robe and laying it aside and going down in his undergarment and just dancing, it says, before the Lord. Now David says, Lord, I will, my soul will rejoice in you. My soul will exult. It'll jump exceedingly at your salvation. You do it, Lord, and I'll just jump in praise to you. He says, all my bones will say, Lord, who is like you? Who delivers the afflicted from him who is too strong for him and the afflicted and the needy from him who robs him? He says, malicious witnesses rise up and they ask me of things that I do not know. And they repay me evil for good to the bereavement of my soul. But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled my soul with fasting and my prayer kept returning to my bosom. These guys were repaying him evil for good. But he, it says, when they were, when they were sick, did you notice? What was his attitude? He humbled himself and prayed for them. This is something that's really hard for some people to receive, but Jesus said, you should love your enemies and you should pray for them. You should, you you overcome evil, it says, with good. And David, David says, I prayed for them, but my prayer kept returning to my bosom. And it says, I went about as, as though it were my friend or brother. I bowed down mourning as one who sorrows for a mother. But at my stumbling, they rejoiced and gathered themselves together. The smiters whom I did not know gathered together against me, and they slandered me without ceasing. Like a godless gesture at a feast, they gnashed at me with their teeth. Boy, David knows the pain of having somebody turn on you. He says, Lord, how long will you look on? Rescue my soul from their ravages, my only life from the lions, and I will give you thanks in the great congregation. I will praise you amongst the mighty throng. He says, and do not let those who who are wrongfully my enemies rejoice over me, nor let those who hate me without a cause wink maliciously, for they do not speak peace, but they devise deceitful words against those who are quiet in the land. They open their mouth wide against me and they say, aha, aha, our eyes have seen it. Listen to how he ends this prayer. We start in verse 22 to 26. He says, Lord, you have seen it, O Lord, and do not keep silent. O Lord, do not be far from me. So, who does he turn to right away when they're accusing him? He goes, Lord, you have seen it. He says, and do not be far from me. Stir up yourself and awake to my right and to my cause, my God and my Lord. Judge me, he says. O Lord, my God, according to your righteousness. And do not let them rejoice over me. Do not let them say in their heart, aha, our desire, we got him. And do not let them say, we have swallowed him up. Because that's what the enemy'd like to do. He'd like to swallow you up. And whatever calling you have, whatever area you serve the Lord in, he'd like you to quit. And there'd be nothing better for the enemy to go, aha, we got that guy to quit won that one. I, I I hope that every person I speak to about the Lord, I get to speak that word that gets him to say, I'm never gonna quit. I want you to have the attitude of David here in Lord, you take care of this battle and don't let them get this victory. Don't let them be going, Aha, we got it. We swallowed him up. And he says, let those be ashamed and humiliated altogether who rejoice at my distress. Let those clothed with shame and dishonor who magnify themselves over me. And then here's the last paragraph. Let them shout for joy and rejoice who favor my vindication. Let them say continually, the Lord be magnified, who delights in the prosperity of his servant. And my tongue, he says, shall declare your righteousness and your praise all day long. David's like, Lord, let the good guys see what you do and let them be the ones that are shouting for joy and rejoicing over your vindication. It's nice when the good guys see, uh, yeah, you really didn't do the thing that those guys were saying. But John Higgins taught me this one time. I was being accused of something and, and uh, I was like, John, it is crazy. The coconut wireless here is so quick. Like, I... I heard, I got a call over here. We heard you did this. And within 10 minutes, I'm getting calls from the other side of the world. Did you do this? And I was like, no. How did you hear? Oh, well, brother, you know. And John says, he says, a lie will get up and go out the front door and go around the world seven times in the time it takes the truth to put its shoes on to get ready to get up. He said, this was his way of trying to, he's going, first, first thing John does is, did you do it? I said, no. He says, well, don't worry. He said, but I want you to know something. A lie will go and just zip around. And the truth will still be putting on his shoes. And it will take a while. And he told me this. I didn't like this word of comfort. I didn't think it was very comforting in that moment. I'm like, but this is what they're saying. You're gonna... And I'm thinking, you, you can't really tell him. Well they're saying accusing me of this and this and this and I'm thinking he already has been accused of all these same things he knows my pain and I'm I'm waiting for him to say oh it's okay I know your pain like some nice word of comfort you know what his word was get used to it he's from back east new york it's mm-hmm. just just like that that the mentality just get used to it it's like it's not going to change it's going to take a long time to and I already knew how long it took for the years Years and years before that he had been accused of something in the ministry he founded and the and the whole board voted to overthrow him, and they got rid of him and It would take years and years till it would come out that the guys in the board were the ones doing the misdeeds, and that John eventually they would ask him to come back and take over because they they ruined the whole thing they ran it into Shiloh into the ground, and he went, nope. I've, I've pressed on, kept serving the Lord. I'm just serving in a, in a different area now. I think it was about um, eight, ten years had gone by. And this guy had said that he had not got a good night's sleep. Every night God was telling him, you need to get right. You need to go to John. You need to make this right. And he said, I, I have lost so much sleep. And I'm now John, because he was training me as his assistant. He, you know, I walked the guy to the doorway and John just gave me this move. This is, for the people on the radio, I'm waving my hand, like, step into the room. That's John's signal. You're not leaving. Get in here. So he would go like that, and that meant get in. So I came in the doorway, and I stood there. I'm thinking, he wants me for a bodyguard or something. I don't know what he, I mean, I'm smaller than the guy. I'm like, what's he wanting? And as the guy, John, John gives a, a polite introduction. This is one of the guys that was on the board. That, you know and he doesn't say this is the guy that was the chief overthrow you know main guy that stabbed me in the back and caused all my all, grief of my life and he just said this is the guy uh one of the guys that was on the board back in chile and the guy starts to confess to john and he tells him literally i go to bed and, and it's like god keeps saying why don't you go do this why don't you make this right and i've lost so much sleep over this and he's confessing this to john and John looked at him and says, you know, i want to tell you something. I haven't lost a night's sleep over you, that you did. So that you know, you doing your wrong, you should have come a long time ago. Because it's you that it's eaten up. Here he is, still the spiritual pastor teacher, telling the guy, next time don't wait so long, because it'll be for your benefit. Like he didn't want the guy to suffer all those years, he wanted him to get right a lot sooner there's still the same pain what i see david expressing here with these guys coming at him and he's describing the attack really well i think if you've never been attacked you're not going to get that much out of this song have you ever had an attack on your person by somebody and they're, and they're making you your like public enemy number one for them and and you don't even know why i mean sometimes they don't need a reason if i could just tell you this truthfully in the Lord, just the fact that you follow the Lord is enough reason. The Bible says that the, the preaching of the cross, it's foolishness to the world. And it's, a, it, it, it's an offense to those that perish. Now it's salvation to those of us that believe, but if, but if you don't believe it, you might have some friends that they just don't like you because well, you just got too much light coming out. You know, the, the, the light of the Lord is shining out and they're, they're, it makes them nervous. Makes them uncomfortable. They're really happy hanging out with their other friends that are in the dark because they're in the dark and dark just gets along fine with dark. But the Bible says, what fellowship does light have with darkness? There's no fellowship. It doesn't, there's not that coming together because there's that that darkness that needs to be dealt with. And I've seen it. I've seen where Christians have been just blown away. I was at my work and all of a sudden, like everyone's, the the, the whole, like, Co-workers were mad at me and I... What did I do? Well, you won't swear with us. Or you're Mr. Goody Two-Shoes. You, you just always say nice things. You don't even cut anyone down. What's your problem? Why don't you just be one of the regular people? And you're thinking, that's worthy of being attacked? But people do this. and And people who are in the dark, they have no trouble attacking those in the light. So if I could give you John Higgins' word to me, if it happens to you, I'm going to just tell you, get used to it. Okay? In fact, I'll do one better. I'll use Jesus' words. Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. Not you might. You will. And he says, "Is is the servant above the master? He said he was the master. He said, is the servant above the master? If they hated me, they persecuted me, now, see, this is the part I don't like. I wish that, yeah, they hated you, Lord. They persecuted you. You were perfect. I'm not even perfect. But are we above him? So he says, if they hated me and they and persecuted me, guess what? They're going to hate you also. Just because you have light of the Lord in you. And if they don't, they might not be comfortable with you. They might get really, and they might even attack you. Well, It's a psalm of comfort to the ones that have been attacked. At the end, he he says, the righteous, when they see God fight for him, that they they will be the ones that shout for joy and rejoice. And David says, and my tongue, look at verse 28, we'll end with this. And my tongue shall declare your righteousness and your praise all day long. I'm going to declare it. God, you are worthy to be praised. If you can receive it, have patience, though. Sometimes it's going to take a while for your vindication to come. Amazing Grace Kona thanks you for listening to today's lesson. You can listen to today's lesson or any of the radio lessons on iTunes titled Celebrate the Lord. And if your travels take you to Kailua Kona on the Big Island of Hawaii, come visit us. We meet Sunday mornings, 9 a.m., on the beach at the north end of the old Kona Airport. For more information on Amazing Grace Kona, go to our church website at amazinggracekona.com. Amazing Grace Kona is the original Calvary Chapel Kona.
1: His grace is a gift freely given. His grace shows us how much He cares. His grace is the key to His kingdom. And with grace I know I will be there. His mercy does